we've already read our scripture today together as our call to worship, and we will read it again in a few moments, but if you want to follow along, it's Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. Will you pray with me? May the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. But that wasn't the last time God said it. No, God continued to say, and God continues to say, let there be light at every breaking dawn. Let there be life and warmth and color and vision and every other good this light means to this otherwise dark, cold, and dead world. What we call light is actually electromagnetic energy that travels in waves from the sun. These waves warm the earth and they make life here possible. They make it possible for plants to grow and for oxygen to flow. They allow our minds and our bodies to flourish with the vitamin D and the mental lift we all need. These waves allow us to see color and form and shape. And that's about all the science the internet could teach me this week. It is no wonder that the biblical authors used light as this master metaphor to talk about God's presence in the universe. This master image to talk about Christ. All things came to being through Him, John wrote. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. But my friends, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus does something remarkable. The light of the world turns to His disciples and the crowds and all the people looking up at Him and says, You are the light of the world. We've been hearing this since we were little children, many of us, so we don't feel the power of this. I love the way Eugene Peterson translates this passage in the message. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. 
By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You are the light, the warmth, the color, the vision this world needs. Jesus doesn't say that you will be or you will become light. He's not saying your life will shine if you believe better or try harder. But you are the light of the world. Be who you already are. Not the source of light, but the vessel made to refract and reflect Christ's light to others. We don't actually see light itself, after all. The waves or the rays that make up light are actually invisible until they reflect off something that bounces the light waves back or they refract, passing through something that bends the light and makes shapes and colors. We only see the sunlight because of the glare on our cracked windshields. We only see the sunbeams because of the, the dust they pass through in our rooms. We only see the rainbows because the light waves hit water vapor after the storm at different heights and densities and these different wavelengths of different rays produce different colors. You know, it's like that with us too. Jesus says that we are light because His light is shown and seen through us in as many unique ways as there are reflections and refractions of the sun. In as many unique ways as there are colors in this world. As Pastor Jennifer already started talking about with the children. But we hide and we play small. And we dim the light as Pastor Sean prayed. In my first church, there was an elderly man who told me that we are all afraid to show people who we really are because if they reject our most transparent and authentic and honest selves, then what do we have? Then who are we? Author Marianne Williamson has a different take. She writes, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. She goes on, but our playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We all put our light under a bushel basket from time to time. But Jesus tells us instead, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. When I memorized this verse in Bible drill, I thought that it was about evangelism. I thought it was about sharing the contents of my faith, that sentence I had memorized or that prayer that I prayed that I thought if other people believed or other people prayed that they could be saved like me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But now I realize that Jesus was talking about so much more 
As Paul says to the Thessalonians, because we loved you so much, we were delighted not to share not with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Our lives, our presence, our personality, our perspective, our sense of humor, our knowledge, our lived experiences, our abilities and talents. These are the smooth and rough edges that Christ's light reflects and refracts off of so it can be seen by others. And I think before we can do good works that illuminates God's glory in the world, we have to be reminded that we are good works. Jesus talks about putting a lamp on a stand. And the oil lamps that would have lit homes in Jesus' time would have been made of clay on a potter's wheel, round with a hole in the top to add oil and a beaked neck to put the wick of flax fiber or rush in. I've looked at photos of these lamps that have been uncovered in, in archaeological digs, and they have different shapes and different sizes. Some of them were roughly hewn and some intricately carved and some were painted and glazed and others were left plain. And I imagined all of these little lamps being filled and lit, the light reflecting and refracting off of them all differently, but all holding the beauty of that light. And I thought about us. And the way that the prophet Isaiah says that God is a potter and that we are the work of His hands. And the way that just as God says in the creation story that the light was good, that God says that we made in His image and likeness are also good. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We are God's good works. And the word for good that Jesus uses, kalos, means not just good or moral or righteous or high quality, but beautiful. We all reflect the beauty of our Creator in different ways. As West Main's mission and vision statement puts it that we read for our affirmation of faith, are uniquely ordained spiritual gifts and ordinary personal skills and attributes. Some of us can pray in the tongues of men and angels, and some of us can cook without a recipe, and some of us can teach in a way that unlocks God's truth, and some of us can think practically and spatially, and some of us are great listeners, and some of us can build things, and some of us know how to calm a crying baby. And some of us can hear a room full of divergent opinions and somehow restate what everyone said in a way that we all go, hmm. And some of us can recall Bible verses and passages that fit the exact circumstances we find ourselves in. And some of us can crunch numbers and analyze. And some of us can do things around here so quietly and humbly that we don't give it a lot of notice, and that's a skill in itself. And some of us can tell a story that would make the rest of us laugh long enough that our sides hurt and we forgot our problems for a few minutes. And that list could go on. 
and on, couldn't it? Just think of all the things that you know, all the things you can do, all the ways that God has made you to be. You are the light of the world. You bring God's light and warmth and color and beauty to us in your own uniquely ordained and ordinary way. You might think you're too broken to do anything good, but as Leonard Cohen sings, forget forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And I would say that's also how the light gets out. You might think you're too weak or fragile to do anything good, but as Paul said, we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. You are the light reflecting and refracting God's beauty into the world. But as my grandmother used to implore us, why don't you make yourself useful and not just ornamental? Be good works of God are also called to do good works. We who have been given uniquely ordained spiritual gifts and ordinary human attributes have been called to use what we have to meet the needs of this world. God is saying to you, God is saying to us what God says to every breaking dawn. Let there be light. What good is an oil lamp with a bowl on top of it? What good are you if you're hiding or playing small or squandering your gift? Jesus is saying to you, shine. Do that thing that only you can do. Or do that ordinary thing that anyone could do, but hardly anyone is willing to. Eugene Peterson puts it this way in his translation of verse 16. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I know this world can feel so dark and cold and colorless, so full of death and decay. But Christ wants to shine through you. And Christ wants to shine through us. Not just one little lamp, but all our little oil lamps together and held up to the glory of God. May it be so with us.